1: Oh, boy. We did it, Ty. We did it. Australia did it. They won the gold medal at the World Cup. They've never won a medal in men's major tournament before. But on Sunday, they won the gold medal against the USA, 98-94 in Melbourne. I was there. Joe Ingles, legend. Andrew Bogut, playing the best basketball of his whole life. Paddy Mills, probably the NBA MVP this year. He looked at pop right in the eye in the fourth quarter. He had 13 points. And he told his coach to go suck on that one, and Australia took the gold medal in China. Ty, what do you think about that?
2: I think we have different definitions of what a gold medal is uh, because this was an exhibition game. But I I like the enthusiasm. I like where you're coming from, and this is like this right here is evidence to anyone who may have still doubted somehow that Kane is a real long-term Bucks fan. Because as a Bucks fan, prior to this last season, you had to celebrate any small thing like it was an NBA championship, and I can tell that you applied that mentality to the Boomers in celebrating their exhibition game win over the Bucs, and honestly, I probably would too, um, based on the way international basketball goes, like you said, how long it's been since Australia medaled, I'd probably celebrate it that way too. But unfortunately, Australia has not yet won a gold medal, still possible, technically.
1: So you're telling me after the game when Donovan Mitchell said that that result actually meant nothing, he was actually correct. I I wouldn't go that far.
2: I, I'm I'm still I I think it's still a little disheartening that USA lost at all. Uh, I, and I I get like you know you play the teams the teams basically played back to back. USA won pretty handily the night before the game before whatever. Still like. I, I don't love Team USA not winning every single game. Like they, It feels like they should. And they are not first in the in the FIBA World Cup power rankings right now. Also, whoever does those power rankings, tremendous. Like they're very funny. They're written very casually for power rankings coming, it seems, from the official event itself. And uh, enjoyable read. But, yeah, USA now number two, Serbia number one. last time we recorded, we talked about this. Could the USA possibly lose? Well, according to those power rankings, they're not even the favorite right now.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. And and you are right. Uh, We were talking earlier today, or probably, I guess, yesterday for you, and you said I should have my victory lap. And uh, when you said that, I I thought that, yes, I should probably do that. Uh, Maybe I won't have a chance again. And I know uh, if both Australia and the USA do go right through to the final, then they're going to run into each other at the final, which would be obviously a whole lot of fun. But um, it, it was an interesting week for for Team USA. They've just left Australia in the last couple of days and got to China. Uh, only a couple of days now before uh, Game 1 uh, for, for Team USA, Game 1 for, for Giannis and Greece. We'll go through all that. But uh, one of the questions we had, and as you said, we did we did wonder whether they were beatable. Um, and I think that we saw on that game on Sunday that if a number of things go right for another team, and certainly in Australia's case, it was Patty Mills having a just a just a monster fourth quarter, and uh, really just big contributions from some of their other better players, Andrew Berger, Joe Ingalls as well. That this USA team could be beat. I still think that uh, you know this loss maybe is the thing that that sparks them. Uh, to, to go on a real run and maybe that's the last loss they have in, until they win the goal. But uh, I, I think that, it's, it, it was, I mean, it certainly wasn't ideal. I mean, that was their first loss in over 70 games in uh, exhibition games and uh, to, for a pre-tournament then in a major tournament. So it's been a long, long, long time. 2006 was the last time they lost. So I, I don't think that um, the USA will, will just sweep that under the rug. And one thing I've always said, well, as Donovan Mitchell said after the game, that the result didn't mean anything. Uh, that's only something you say when you lose. And if you win the game, then you just you, you take the win. If you lose, you say it doesn't mean anything because it's only an exhibition. But Team USA doesn't lose, so I, I think that it certainly uh, probably just raises a few more question marks that that we already we already brought up about the about the team.
2: No, absolutely. I think you know I see your point for sure about. Oh, this could be the loss that need to get together. But I, I almost would rather have had that happen. That that was their last exhibition game, right?
1: Or Do they have one more after it? Uh, they played one more after that against Canada, and and they they looked better than they had that's in, right. in, the, in the two games against Australia. I mean, Canada is probably less talented than Australia, top to bottom. So that might have also been a reason for that, but but they did look better. Yeah, especially
2: this year. I mean, Canada had... It felt like as many guys dropping out as Team USA did, which obviously isn't yeah. really true, but it, it felt close. I mean, they, they don't have most of their best talent, but I guess it's good that it, it, there was at least one more game for a second. I thought that was the last game, and that's not what you want. You know, you don't want to hiccup in the very last game before the what, what basically is the playoffs, you know, the tournament. But hopefully that's the case. I mean... I'm not a, enough of a an American homer to where I'd be very frustrated if they lost. I actually think it would be fun if, you know, international play became a little more competitive and teams like Serbia and hell maybe Greece at this point they climbed all the way up to sixth in the power rankings. But if other teams could push them, but what I don't want to see is just kind of a a sad sack effort from Team USA, and especially not with two bucks uh, on the team, although they're they're barely playing, it it feels like, lately. uh, I I don't know if Greg Popovich is just conserving his best guys for the tournament or what. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But um, it it is a little worrying that to me that they dropped the game. I'm glad they came back and beat Canada, but I'm also a little worried that they haven't played any. uh, Where's Australia in the rankings right now? Are they in the top five? Are they, like, four?
1: uh in that in those power rankings today they were they were number oh, 3 were number which number three. i think obviously has, has a big reason because they beat team usa um on their on the actual FIBA national rankings i think they're 12 but uh it it's it's got a lot to do with uh where you are placed in, in terms of the real, world groupings the FIBA rankings are kind of they're kind of odd but but either way i mean i, I, I think that it was a good thing for this team, USA, to play a team like Australia, who who many people expect are going to be at least a a chance for a medal. Um, we will get to the bucks, guys, and and it's it's going to be interesting because I think the big thing that I took away, um, and I was at the two games in Melbourne against Australia. I didn't get to the third game, uh, in, in Sydney against Canada. But the interesting takeaway for mine is this team has no one that can pass, and <laughs> I I think that there's a legitimate question. Uh, whether Chris Middleton is the best passer on, on this team. And that's, I mean, I, I don't know who else you could say. Yeah, Kemba Walker, sure, but he's certainly a, a score first guard. Um, Donovan Mitchell is certainly a, a shoot first guard. So, you know, when you look at the guys bringing up the bench, who else? Are they? Derek White. I mean, from from sort of top to bottom, when you look at it, they don't really have anyone that can pass the ball. And that, that ended up resulting in a hell of a lot of isolation play, which... Certainly in the past, when you look at Team USA teams at the Olympics in particular, if you're talking about LeBron James, Kevin Durant, then sure, that's that can get you there. But uh when that turned into being Harrison Barnes, um Donovan Mitchell, Jack and Schatz against a you know, really pretty good defensive Australian team, that's when they started to look pretty poor.
2: Yeah, I think just generally, I mean, when the when the catastrophe happened in two thousand and four you know, that was the issue there too. The team didn't really gel and it turned into just a lot of isolation, which kind of was the the whole ethos of the NBA at that time. But, um yeah, it is concerning for sure. Um This is one of the reasons that I was bummed to see De'Aaron Fox go. Because I think even though yeah. he's a shooting guard, I think he is a real point guard. You know, he's the kind of guy who's going to get the whole team involved. And this is something that I remember. I don't know if it was on a podcast or just in conversation. But I was talking about earlier, like, they don't have anyone left who is a real true feed-everybody lead guard who's going to play a lot of minutes. and Or maybe it was before Fox left, and I was saying there's no one besides Fox like that. And that is concerning. I mean, they just – they don't even really have – I mean, Chris is a fine passer, but they don't really even have, like, a point forward either. I mean, it's just I – don't, I don't know. This is – I guess this is always one of the challenges when you bring in uh, you know, a new coach and everything. I mean, Pop, for all that he has done, I don't think he's ever done a, a national team before. I think it's a whole different challenge. Um, you know, a little bit of controversy. I, I know I've seen some people say that they think Fox ended up leaving Team USA because Derek White was playing over him, even though Fox is clearly the more established player. Maybe a little bit of bias there, considering what team Derek White plays for. But uh, that aside... Yeah. It it is going to be a challenge to figure out how to execute this offense. I mean, Pop has had teams that don't rely on guards before, on the Spurs, but he doesn't have you know Tim Duncan, and uh, certainly doesn't have the Admiral here. I mean, the the bigs on this team are good, but they're just not that kind of big man. They doesn't have any post up bigs. I mean, Brook can a little bit, but he doesn't. That's not really his strong suit anymore, and that's not really the way you want to play an international competition when a lot of teams do have some pretty stout big men out there. I think the bigger problem for the international community is their guards, ironically enough. And then Mason Plumlee isn't exactly a you know, prime Hakeem Olajuwon either. So it's just that they're going to have to figure out a way to to get more out of these, these wing players, especially that feels like probably one of Team USA's strengths right now is their wings. But uh, I, I totally agree. Without the means to move the ball better, it is going to be a little challenging to get this offense really humming along.
1: Yeah, there's no question. And, and another guy that they were hoping or, or maybe expecting, maybe more so hoping, was going to be there was Kyle Lowry, who who pulled out uh, very late with, with the thumb injury as well. So they've certainly had a couple of guys pull out. But yeah, the squad is very bare now in terms of distributing. But speaking of passing, and we will get to the Bucks guys now, Chris Middleton uh, didn't have the best three games in terms of scoring the ball, but he, he did provide one of the, the highlights of those three games with what was, in the end, a, a buzzer-beating alley-oop to Donovan Mitchell in Sydney against Canada. It was a beautiful pass. I commented on the fact we've seen him throw some pretty nice alley passes before. But but Middleton, yeah, just, just struggling to shoot the ball. It's interesting. I, I was speaking to some of the guys around Team USA when they were in Melbourne, some of the uh, members of the coaching staff, and it was really... Uh, Incredible how seriously they were saying that the FIBA ball, which is a different type of ball, it's that synthetic uh, material, which we know they tried to bring into the NBA and it lasted about 20 games before the players complained so much that they went straight back to the leather basketball. But uh, they were really early in training camp, really uh, struggling to shoot the ball. They said the guys are starting to come around now, but it's interesting to see that a lot of these guys have not been shooting well uh, and, and also secondary to that, uh, playing in the in the uh, Australian football stadium. Uh, it, it was interesting talking to the guys about sight lines and they played it down. They certainly weren't making any excuses, but it was certainly noticeable that these guys, good three-point shooters, were not shooting the ball well. Uh, Middleton, I think, has been a little bit of a victim of what I was talking about with Team USA in terms of getting caught into isolation basketball and there's just not a lot of ball movement out there and there was a couple of times where, to me, it looked like Chris Milton really would go possession, 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 possession without touching the ball. And then he finally got a touch and he was like, well, I'm getting a shot up here. And <laughs> that's obviously not what you want to happen, but um, something that could be a product of what we've just been talking about. But uh, he still certainly feels like he's going to be a pretty major part of the rotation. If he hasn't been starting, he's been pretty much the first one off the bench. So it's, it's, it's very likely that he's going to still play a major part.
2: I wonder if that sort of, and we've all seen teams that play like that. We all know it's not really the way to go, and I, I, I probably more than wonder. I probably know that you know this is the kind of thing that happens when you have what twelve, I think, on a roster, like twelve new guys on Team USA without that that carryover, without that veteran, at least in the international basketball sense, presence, in that. You know, I don't really know who's there that would start barking at these guys. Like, no, you got to move the ball. Like, we got to get that going. I mean, maybe maybe it would be – I mean, like Kyle Lowry would probably be one of the guys, honestly, a, a veteran point yeah. guard who's always been more about the team than himself. And I'm not saying every single guy in the team is selfish. But like Marcus Smart, for example, I don't think is a selfish player one bit. But I also don't think he's going to see the offense in the ways that Kyle Lowry and maybe Fox would. Fox is a little younger, but even still more of a, a a point guard who sees the floor in that certain way. I just don't know who's going to – I mean, obviously the coaching staff, but that you need someone on the floor doing it too. I mean, Jason Tatum is like 17 or whatever. Um, the rest of these guys just really aren't that sort of player, and I just think that's how you get, like, all right, you ISO three times and then also ISO twice. and That's really how you can lose to teams who you know are going to play better basketball like Australia – and like and, – and I know we don't want to segue to them just yet because we still should talk about Brooke Lopez, the Australian native hero. But uh, <laughs> the big bad wolf, Serbia, who I've now read, has not lost since February. I think they've won like 11 straight yeah. games or something. I mean that's that's no joke. And they have at least one NBA player at the point guard, the wing, and the center. They have a lot of good other players as well. That team is no joke whatsoever, and they certainly, I think, would take advantage if USA can't get their stuff together.
1: Yeah, and you're going to see that, um, particularly with these European teams. Um, and it was just very noticeable watching Australia and 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 Team USA the way that uh, you know when you had Dover and Mills and, and running the point, and then uh, they had forwards like Joe Ingles, a very willing passer, a really good passer. They could run things at the top through Bogut, one of the better. Uh, passing bigs around, it was just very noticeable um, that that Australia was certainly moving a lot uh, without the ball and looking to pass the ball a little bit more. But with with Middleton, this is going to be an interesting thing um, to to watch with him through the World Cup. I think he's going to get more confident as these games go on. Uh, we spoke, uh, or I spoke to Greg Popovich about um, you know talking to Chris Middleton about being more assertive and understanding that he is one of the best players in this team. He needs to take control and not defer to anyone. And at times. Early in the tournament, it did look like he was deferring a little bit too much or not being as assertive as he should be. This guy's an all-star, obviously, come off a, a great season with the Bucks, but hasn't been in the Team USA environment before, and and that's a that's a whole different kettle of fish. It doesn't matter who is on this team. It's a different situation. So Middleton's a guy that we've seen before can sometimes start a little bit slow, but I, I thought we saw some good signs in the Canada game. He seemed a little bit more controlled with the ball, made some really nice passes. The shot still wasn't falling, but... Uh, that will be something to to look forward to heading into game 1 on Sunday but you you touched on it with Brook Lopez. Uh, I'm sure everyone has seen the video now but he was a he was a crowd favorite in Sydney. They were chanting his name for a, pretty much the entire fourth quarter to the point where Greg Popovich had no choice but to bring this guy on the floor. I just like uh,
2: we we don't know well uh, we being Americans don't know why we don't get it. I mean, I listen, we totally get like why one would cheer for Brook Lopez in uh, a more usual setting, i.e. when Brook Lopez has been doing stuff. I mean, the clap gif, people were going nuts in Milwaukee for that. All sorts of other moments when he's getting out there blocking shots, when he hits back-to-back super deep threes. But Brook Lopez, I can say confidently, didn't hit one three in that entire game. And I know that because he only had two points. So I guess we need to turn to you, and This is weirdly how – it's weird how relevant your Australianism is right now. <laughs> Why were your folks going insane for Brook Lopez in this seemingly very random moment?
1: So first of all, I, I will say – and we spoke about this before we started recording, but this was the one game being in Sydney uh, that I didn't get to. And when I was watching on TV, I was with, uh, I was with my good friend Eric Name who came out uh, to, to hang out with me for the week and go to these games. And we were somewhere down the coast of just a very lovely location. I, I think Zach Lowe always talks about a secret uh, location. We were at a secret uh, coastal location in Victoria watching the game. And we were just both like, man, this was the one game we needed to be at where the cold crowd was chanting Lopez. But I had a lot of people ask me why they were doing it and it's very hard on Twitter to just type, type this out, my theory why I wasn't there. I didn't speak to the whole crowd. I don't know exactly why, but my theory is that Australia really has, and they always have with every sport, they love getting behind the underdog. Now, I understand that Brook Lopez just signed a $50 million contract. I understand he's done things that no Olympic man has done in the history of the game. So he doesn't exactly qualify as an underdog, but let me explain. The point, the point of this is that he didn't come on the floor at all until the third quarter he came on for at the end of the third quarter i didn't think he was going to play at all to that point i even tweeted that given the low minutes he played in the first two games it looked like he was completely out of of popovich's rotation heading into uh china then he came on the floor late in the third quarter uh he scored a couple of points he had two big blocks that got the crowd going uh he, he grabbed a couple of rebounds and had a really nice assist as well all in the space of about three minutes he pretty much Everything went through Brook Lopez. The crowd got really excited. And then the fourth quarter started and he was back on the bench. And it didn't look like he was going to get back on the floor. So my theory is that the Australian crowd, and I don't know how much, how many people in the Australian crowd, there was about 15,000 people there. I don't know how many of them are real, what you would call hardcore basketball fans that, that really understand Brook Lopez and how good this guy is. So I think once a few people started chanting for Lopez, it caught on. People thought, this guy is a guy that doesn't play. I'm not too sure if that's what it really was. They got behind him. And then it wasn't an Australia game. So as Team USA in Canada, this crowd is just like, well, we're just here to have fun. We don't really care who wins the game. Lopez, everyone's chanting Lopez. I'm going to get behind Brook Lopez. And in the end, it, they what they did worked. Lopez got on the ground. The crowd had a lot of fun. Lopez clearly was having a lot of fun with it, but that's my theory. The fact that he didn't play in the first half, came on, did some really good stuff, got the crowd going. The crowd just decided we don't give we don't give a shit who wins this game. We want Lopez.
2: See, I could buy that. I think that is a safe bet, and I'm someone who knows a lot about bets, Kane. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's a brand new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham junior is in cleveland this may seem random but what i'm saying is the one thing that hasn't changed whether in the nfl or anything is where i'm putting my money down on all the games all my bets big bet guy over here and i know that my bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend our blue wire podcasters are using mybookiecom slash blue to sign up this year you bet your bottom dollar i am i might lose my bottom dollar but it's not my bookie's fault it'd be my fault MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. Gotta love a good prop bet. I I don't think anyone bet on the Lopez champ, but if they did on MyBookie, they probably would have won pretty big. Uh, This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. first place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you gotta do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week, to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool my bookie has live in-game betting on every nfl game they've got the most rewarding player perks in the business and for you fantasy guys out there you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game i'm in two fantasy football leagues already it already feels overwhelming but you listener are probably better at that so you can visit my bookie online today that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire when creating your account to claim the bonus. You should bet, you should win, and then you should get paid. That's the important third step. Don't forget that one.
1: MyBookie.com slash BlueWire. Kane, good bets. All, all good bets are winning bets, and uh, you can't win if you don't bet, right? Exactly
2: right. Exactly right
1: no i i I don't, I don't know um you know i'm not much of a gambler myself but uh i i do again because i want to keep on bringing out the fact that australia beat usa i i do have a number <laughs> i do have a number of friends that made quite a bit of money on that game the other day so uh certainly worth checking out if if you are uh, someone that gets into sports betting but uh just with Brook Lopez. Now that we've uh, discussed why he has been anointed the new Prime Minister of Australia, now uh, we can get into his plane. And as you sort of touched on it, there has not been a lot, and this is this is shocking to me. Like this is I I just can it's incredible, and and I can understand. And I thought coming in that Miles Turner could potentially start. And that does make some sense to me. I mean, this guy defensively, if uh, the team USA want a little bit more versatility, then they can do that. We know the way Brook Lopez played in Milwaukee. They didn't ask a lot for him out in the perimeter. Miles Turner certainly can uh, be disruptive out there. He's got the athleticism to do that. Uh, But but playing Mason Pumley in front of Brook Lopez is just an absolute head scratcher to me. I, I can't figure it out. Plumley
2: actually contradicting my earlier statement. He has been on Team USA's before, right? I'm pretty sure the he last has, one. Yeah, he
1: won the gold the last World Cup.
2: Yeah, so I think I think that probably has quite a bit to do with it. Um, I, I would hope. I mean, Mason Plumley is fine. Like, I'm not even here to rag on Mason Plumley, but like the go-to Mason Plumley compliment is like. This guy is one of the best backup centers in the league it's like okay that means he's like the 40th best center in the league like Brooke Lopez is one of the best starting centers in the league like Brooke Lopez is better than Mason Plumley at virtually everything that they both do um Mason Plumley again very solid player like he's fine I'm not here to say Mason Plumley stinks but it is disappointing to me as well that you know Mason Plumley has become a guy who who's gonna get rotation minutes over Brooke Lopez. I wonder how much of it is about Team USA. Like if Brooke were on that team as well, maybe he'd be playing more right right now. But, you know, I can't even be too mad just because you know, with how many guys skip international basketball, especially the FIBA years, more, more people want to play in the Olympics. I guess based on my crotchety positions that, about being grumpy about how many NBA players don't want to play on Team USA, I should support this. As a way to say this is what happens when you play, like this is good, but it is still a bummer. I just think Brook Lopez is better, and obviously, as a Eurostep host, I would rather watch Brook Lopez. And someone who just enjoys fun basketball, I would rather watch Brook Lopez than than Mason Plumley.
1: Yeah, no, no question. I do just think with with the way this team is made up. Uh, they're going to want some shooting from the from the five-man as as the tournament goes on. So it just doesn't make sense to me to play Plumlee. We know, and this was something that I asked Steve Kerr about, and he laughed when I asked him how Pop was going to uh, react to, to Brook Lopez jacking up some of these threes. And he said, well, if he makes them, I'm pretty sure Pop will get over it pretty quickly. Uh, Popovich, again, confirmed the fact that he doesn't like the three-point shot. He hates the three-point shot, in fact, was <laughs> his words. But he said that if you don't shoot it, you're not going to win games. Um so it'll be interesting to see whether that changes. I would have thought that, uh, you know, by game three, the last warm-up game before the World Cup, then he would have wanted to be, wanted to be getting into those rotations, which is why I tweeted out that it wasn't looking good for Brook. But uh, in, in the minutes that Brook was on the floor, he was just asked to do completely different things than uh, what he would be doing in Milwaukee. They were running a lot of play out on the perimeter with Brooke Lopez catching the ball and basically just handing the ball off to the guards uh, curling around a screen. And that's just not what we've seen. We've seen him uh, taking trailer threes, uh, staying in the the paint, blocking shots, and really on offense uh, being that perimeter guy and dragging uh, the opposition uh, five out, which I think, would be a really valuable move for this team, you would say, with some of these guys that can get to the to the rack pretty easily with Walker and, and Donovan Mitchell. So it, it was just confusing to see the way they were using him, but certainly was not going to get the best out of him. And it, it'll be interesting to see whether whether that changes. I, I hope uh, that we're going to see a bit more of Lopez because I, I think that he's a guy that can really make this team better.
2: Follow-up, uh, I don't know if there's a clear answer to this. No, I, I think this is probably just... A rare bit of a a a little 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 homerish optimism on my part. Is there any chance that you know Middleton, who has played a good amount, he hasn't always started. He's been sort of a sixth man a lot, and Lopez, I've uh, have, have just not played as much as sort of a subterfuge slash rest technique before the the games really start mattering here in the tournament. Or is there probably a roughly uh, 0% chance of that one.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because when you try and read Greg Popovich, he doesn't, I mean, he, I don't know. I mean, he's not generally a coach that is playing games. He, he's normally pretty straight up, but uh, I don't know. That's certainly something that we'll see. Um, I, I do think having a guy like Brook Lopez, when they do come up against, you know, potentially a, a Jokic or, or a Marcus or, you know, any of these guys, maybe that, um will be a guy that they'll want and and having that big body. Um it's it's going to be interesting to see though uh how that how that plays out. But uh I again if you are putting on your Bucks fan hat and I know there's been a lot of Bucks fans that have been a little bit concerned about the fact that there's so many Milwaukee players there anyway, uh maybe you wouldn't be so upset <laughs> if these guys don't play a lot. They're out there working out with with some really really good players. Uh, getting in in good shape, getting plenty of shots up, and not being out of the floor in the games. Maybe, maybe that's uh, the podi- positive spin you can you can put on this if they don't play a lot.
2: There's one other positive spin as well. I mean, everyone on Twitter, despite there being two very prominent bucks on this team, continues to post about how either Team USA wins or the Boston Celtics lose, and <laughs> I'm just quietly sitting over here like, absolutely, those. I, I can't believe the Celtics going to let down the whole nation again. Um so that's that's just I like think what I'm gonna roll with is it's totally Boston's fault if uh if Team USA loses at some point or doesn't gold. I, I just think that's hilarious. Because what is there? Is there one or two more Celtics? I mean there's Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, yeah. Smart's kinda hurt, and then Jalen Brown. So I guess there's two more. Um because yeah. Smart did
1: make the team despite being banged up, right? Yeah, Smart's back. He he started one of the games in Melbourne. So yeah, he had some some ankle issues, but uh again he, he didn't play a lot against Canada, but he's he certainly uh yeah. okay to play. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really heavy Celtics team. And I will say, if you're a Bucks fan that that does not like the Celtics, uh you know, try and enjoy some Jason Tatum shot selection during these games because <laughs> I can tell you it was not not good in, in Australia. He was taking some of the worst shots I've ever seen. So Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So you can get some enjoyment out of that. But uh, speaking of guys, well, sorry, the the opposite to guys that aren't playing, Giannis is playing. And as we all know, he does not know how to take his foot off the gas at all. This guy, is just, I, I haven't seen a lot, but I did watch the game against the Dominican Republic the other night. And uh, honestly, he was playing like it was the NBA playoffs. He was playing that hard. And that, that surprises no one. But uh he's he's taking this stuff pretty seriously. He almost got in a fight in that game, didn't he he was angry i i don't i i don't know he was uh there was a bunch of Dominican defenders trying to take turns on on playing on Giannis. Giannis was just grabbing the ball in the post. They were all like six, seven, six, eight. I mean, they were tiny dudes, like in in comparison to to Giannis. That is obviously, but and Giannis was just doing whatever he wanted. They'd foul him. Giannis was getting really pissed off about it. He already picked up one tech, and then uh, I I I mean, I don't know how he didn't get a second one. He was getting in everyone's face. He was angry. He was yelling at people. Uh, for a second, I thought he was about to get ejected from a World Cup warm up game. <laughs> uh, against the Dominican Republic, I mean, it was it was I, I don't know, it was kind of strange, but he's certainly taken it seriously, and we 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 know the way he feels about um, not only playing for Greece, but getting the chance to play uh, with his brother. But in that game, he had 26 points in in 23 minutes, and he he just I mean, you know, against the uh, most of these nations, there's going to be no one that can come close to stopping him.
2: I love it so much. I mean. I don't think anyone who has a brain was worried about Giannis quote-unquote getting soft or, or anything after reaching the pinnacle of regular season performance, you know, the best record in the NBA and the uh, the MVP award. Obviously, he still has goals he wants to hit. But, I mean, one of his goals, I think, is to be the greatest ever. So that, that I, I don't think he's ever going to lose that fire. But there's always a little concern. I mean, James Harden won MVP and and kind of got fat the next off season, and, and it cost the Rockets. Uh, you know, this, these things can happen or maybe that was after a second image, whatever. James Harden, not exactly a, an off-season superstar in terms of basketball stuff. In terms of from other activities, maybe he is, um, but not, not basketball. But Giannis just clearly still has that fire, uh, clearly thinking he's the baddest uh, MF in the world in basketball, which, I mean, right now sort of he is. And listen – I'm all for it. I hope Giannis comes back a little bit meaner. Dunk on people with a little more vengeance. You know, let keep on going. Keep on pushing. I mean, don't lose the team aspect, obviously. We know how important ball movement and everything is for the Bucs. You don't want to watch him ISO every time. But if Giannis comes back with even more of an edge, maybe with, with a medal, it's possible. I'm all for it. I think it can do nothing but help the Bucs and, and cause him to dunk on even more fools this coming season.
1: Yeah, and I, I certainly agree. And outside of... Just physically overwhelming, uh, and again, it was Dominican Republic. But uh, I will say that he was making the right pass, and and there was re- it was very obvious that Giannis could have just got the ball every single time and got fouled or scored. But he was making a lot of passes out of the post, and, and yes, it was against smaller guys. But remember the troubles that he had uh, against Toronto. He's obviously well aware of that, and uh, his passing came uh, advanced so much uh, over the last sort of twelve to eighteen months. And again the other night was a really good sign that, that he is going to continue to progress as a passer. And that only means good things um, for the Bucks. I, I will just touch on one thing. I know I saw some people talking that he missed the game with knee soreness. As uh, certainly um, what was reported anyway. I Obviously I'm not in China, so I, I don't, you know, I haven't spoken to Giannis or, or anything like that, but um, it was on a back to back and, uh, I know there's some history there with the Greek national team, but certainly not a surprise to me that uh Giannis would not play in a back to back in, in warm up games uh before the World Cup uh has even started. Whether that came from Giannis saying he didn't want to play, whether it was the national team holding him back, whether it was the Bucs, uh you know, I, I don't know, you know, what the case was there. The Bucs have certainly got um, some of their medical staff there, as they did uh, in Australia as well. So, um, look, Giannis is being looked after. He's taking care of his body, and I don't think it's something to worry about. I, I just would not expect that he would play back to back at that point of preparations.
2: No, definitely not. Um, as much as he loves winning and playing, and, and obviously, Greece, yeah, there's absolutely no reason to play a back to back, especially, you know, some of the Bucks guys you know, playing Australia twice, it's a different story. I mean, Team USA is just such a deeper team that, you know, Pop can sort of switch around as starters and make sure no one plays too many minutes. But pretty freaking obvious Giannis is the focal point on uh, yeah. on Team Greece. Uh, and you don't want – I mean, if he plays, it's pretty hard to tell him, hey, just take it easy, go out there for 20 minutes. I don't think he understands how that works. <laughs> so either, either Giannis is going to play, you know, 28 minutes hard as hell and try to fight two guys, or he's not going to play at all. Uh, so, yeah, I think the smarter thing is not to play him. Uh, unrelated, less serious note, I may have been inquiring with some of my European friends on how I can get one of those Hellas jerseys, a Giannis TBS a oh, yeah. jersey. One of the cleanest jerseys I've ever seen. I like the Bucks designs. I don't really wear or buy Bucks stuff much anymore. But just because, I, I don't know, you know, we podcast. It's kind of weird. Obviously, I'm not going like, to wear it to a game ever. Hopefully, if I'm at a game, I'm I'm credentialed, so I'm wearing like a sweater or something, but vaguely presentable. Um, but those those Greece jerseys with the blue and, and white are just so crisp. And I don't know where to get them. If any of the listeners know, I would preferably have a reputable source. When my my googling, my deep research, AKA two pages on Google, I didn't recognize any of the vendors. I got scared. I <laughs> unplugged. But I those. If anyone has a line or some good info. Those things are crisp. I would I would very much consider purchasing one of those for the right price.
1: Yeah, I don't know am I wrong in in saying that they haven't always I haven't always seen those jerseys with the pinstripes, right? I feel like not. I mean, they look like some, like, 90s Magic jerseys or yeah. something. I mean, obviously, the colors is kind of inverted, but they look great. Yeah, they do look great. And uh, I'm glad you said look great because one of our other friends from the Bucks, Ersan Ulyasova, has been putting up uh, some numbers with Turkey. Uh, the ageless Ersan Ulyasova just continues to just <laughs> do stuff. He just does stuff. He hits threes. He rebounds. Uh, he's been putting up some really big numbers, top scoring in a couple of the warm-up games for Turkey, who, again, is going to have a, a pretty decent team. So uh, when we talk about yeah, Milton and Lopez and Giannis, obviously the three main focuses, obviously Ertan. Uh, he's going to play a really, really major role for Turkey and Thanasis as well for Greece. He's going to be out there. He, uh, he shot five for nine from three in one of the warm-up games, which is always nice to see. Uh, I would like to see uh, a little more than than just one hot night, but certainly... Um certainly a good sign for him, and his shot looked pretty good. So, uh, I look, it's we're going to get to the games. I've got the schedule for, for everyone so they can jot it down or remember when the games are going to be. It's uh, going to be early mornings or very late nights for you guys over there, but uh, lots of Bucks players that are going to be playing, which is I think is pretty fun.
2: Yeah, I do too. I think uh, it'll be good to get to watch. It's always fun to watch a guy like Ursan who, you know, on the NBA team – not really that pivotal of a contributor anymore. I mean, he's important, but he's not like one of the top four guys. Always fun to watch a guy like that go over to his national team and all of a sudden take on a different expanded role. I, I just I find enjoyment out of sort of getting a, a different look at some of these players in a different environment. I think it's really fun, and it can, uh, it can enlighten you a little bit on what some of these guys are capable of, even if compared to NBA competition, they don't look the best.
1: Yeah, and and again, the, the European style is just so fun to watch. These guys love uh, playing for their countries, and for the most part, a lot of these teams have played a lot of basketball together, and, and I think it shows. And that's certainly um, one of the, the challenges for a, a Team USA. I mean, in most of the other countries at least have some chemistry there, and it still uh, needs to build in this version of the uh, of the of the tournament, whether it's World Cup or Olympics. But that's not uh luxury that Team USA will have this time. So they're going to have to get off to a quick start. But um, before, I was just going to read out the schedule and then sort of look to wrap it up. Was there anything else you wanted to wanted to get off your chest about this uh, World Cup preparations or any other random stuff on your mind?
2: I don't know if I have anything else right now. Uh, here, we'll cover the herd in this podcast. We can put it in the description. The Erie Bayhawks... Had their expansion draft, they did not select any herd. Really, it's just rights at this point. I mean, they they took Trey Burke for some reason. I don't think Trey Burke's gonna end up in the G League again, but uh, they didn't take anyone that the herd held rights to. So, uh, herd fans, breathe easy. They
1: didn't uh, they didn't lose the rights
2: to any players in this uh, this expansion draft.
1: Well, it is that is, I guess, good news for the herd, and they uh, I saw the schedule is out that season. Do you know off the top of your head? Have you got that when when the herd uh, tipping off?
2: Oh, I actually don't. It is in line um, with the
1: season. It's not far after that, right? No, I, th- I think it's November. Yeah, that makes sense. So the, um, the Bucks th- is the twenty second or late or late later in October this year, but the herd should be not too far after that.
2: Yeah, no, I'm almost positive it's November. They have a pretty balanced schedule, except a very heavy February for uh, for their home games. At least it's like four, five, four, seven, four, and then that's that's about it for the season after that. So should be a, a good season again. Like I said in the, the last podcast, we talked to I'm pretty optimistic, but yeah, that'll uh, schedules out. You can make plans to come out to Oshkosh for a game and taking uh chase buford's rookie season
1: as a head coach yeah it's we were again we were talking about this before the pod it's all going to come around really quickly now it's kind of ridiculous how fast it has come and uh the world cup is going to take us right up to the nba uh tip off so that kicks off this weekend Uh, there's a bunch of games as we said that you need to look for Uh, starting with Team USA, they're going to take on the Czech Republic. That's going to be Sunday morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time, Sunday morning. So not too bad. Uh, Maybe some of you will just be getting home and you can just uh, stay awake and watch Team USA or you can get up early. But I do know for the Team USA games that... Uh, NBA TV are going to cover those and they're also, you can always stream these games on the FIBA website so when people ask where you can get it from you go on the FIBA website or the FIBA YouTube channel and you should be able to get those uh, which will help you with with the with the other countries games as well. So that's Sunday 7.30 for Team USA uh, Giannis will be playing at the same time, 7 o'clock tip off for that one so just a little bit earlier uh, Greece are playing Montenegro uh, in, in that one and then Ursan Ilyasova will play even earlier. They play Japan Sunday morning, 3.30 a.m. Central. So I'm not sure how many of you guys will be up for to watch Ursan in that one. But if you miss Ursan on Sunday, do not fear because you can watch him on Tuesday morning at 7.30 a.m. Central because Turkey with Ursan Ilyasova are taking on Team USA with Brook Lopez and Chris Middleton. We're going to get our first look at some... Uh, Maybe I don't know. Chris Milton, Ovsianousova battles Ovsianousova. Brook Lopez battles. That's
2: gonna be a lot of fun. If you wake up at three AM to watch Ovsianousova on Sunday, please let us know. Uh, it, it, only if you're in Central Time. If you're over, if you're over in a place where it makes sense to watch that game, that's cool. That's neat. Not as impressive. If you are in Wisconsin or in the USA, I guess anywhere in the USA it doesn't have to be Central Time. Four AM is still pretty early for the East Coast. But if you wake up specifically to watch Ersan Ilyasova and Turkey play basketball on a Sunday, a Sunday. So you you, you <laughs> said Sunday, one of the few sleeping nights most people get. If you askew that to watch Ersan Ilyasova, let us know. We need to put you on some sort of a list. Just we need to know that you are all about this basketball stuff. We need to just like, feed our content directly, directly to your email inbox or something because that is – Probably one of the more outrageous things I've ever even thought about
1: doing. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'm lucky. I've got my Sunday is set. I've got Australia tipping off against Canada at 5:30 p.m. I've got ursan tipping off at 6:30 p.m. Giannis tipping off at uh, 10 p.m. and then Team USA at 10:30 p.m. So I'm I am my Sunday is set. I need two TVs set up. And I'm going to watch Australia leading up into all those Bucks guys on Sunday night here. So it's going to be. It's going to be fun. It's one of the rare times that living in Australia, you get the advantage of uh, of, of the time zone. But uh, like I said, there's only a couple of days till that, so it's, it's going to be fun. We're going to be able to watch some real basketball and talk about some real basketball. So uh, me and Ty will be back with the Eurostep over the next few weeks, getting more regular now as we've got some real stuff to talk about. And uh, obviously, it's only going to ramp up from there. But Ty, uh, it was it's always good to catch up with you and, and talk about some, some basketball games for the first time in a while.
2: It always is, Kane, And, you know, if you enjoyed this, you want to know, oh, when are you guys going to be dropping episodes? We're looking right now at Thursday, today, as this drops, being our sort of regular point throughout the week. We'll always uh, look to add stuff in as necessary. You know, we want to make sure everything is covered here. But Thursday is a day where you can comfortably, I think. I think we can say, do you agree? Yeah,
1: Thursday you can lock that in. Comfortably? And, uh, yeah, you can lock that in Thursday, and then, as as you sort of said, as the World Cup ramps up, and then obviously NBA season, we'll get back to our, our usual two or, two or three a week. Absolutely. We're here for, for you guys, the listeners. We,
2: we're we always excited to put forth these episodes. Give people's feedback. If you have any, feel free to tweet at either of us. Kane's new handle, I believe now, is just Kane Pittman NBA. Yes.
1: Uh, no, not NBA. I didn't check NBA oh, just, uh no. Just Kane Pittman
2: just Kane Pittman yeah. that's easy to remember then at Kane Pittman at Ty Windish where you can find us on Twitter make sure to subscribe to the Eurostep wherever you listen to podcasts it's pretty much everywhere uh, share it with your friends everything else we always appreciate that um, I mean with nothing else to say I mean uh, on behalf of myself and an Australian champion as, as every Australian is after their almost basically you know gold medal finish uh, beating Team USA in an exhibition game There it is. There it is. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you next time.